Only legacy remains. Remember the name, how Jermaine Sterling. It ain't shit, it ain't shit, motherfucker. back UFC 299 is upon us this is a crazy fight card UFC Miami for multiple reasons UFC Vice City I like what DC was saying we should get back to the names of the events like how we did it back in the days that must have been before my time definitely before your if time it was like Bort UFC before, Vengeance before wait so wait, there was names for UFC? Yeah, for for like the big events. They had like names and shit like that. So what made an event big versus not big? I cannot give you that answer. Cuz like didn't they stack all the pay-per-views when there was like less pay-per-views every year? That's that's true, but also there was a lot less fights. Like fighters, not fights. Yeah, okay. Fighters and a lot less events. Like now we have like almost what is it? 52 weeks in a year, we have like 40 events a year. So when you factor that in, there's so many more fight cards that you got to fill with opponents and things like that. And things get very, very interesting. But it's very different now, man. I, I do think it would be cool to kind of get back to that, see all that stuff happening, and I think that would be pretty dope. Yeah. But it is what it is. I like Vice City. That would be a cool one. UFC Miami Vice City. This is a big one. We've got some vices coming up. we got Amali. Obviously, you know his vices with the things that he does with his – personal relationship oh i don't need to get into that Whoa. um he's disclosed that plenty of times already um you got cheeto looking to be the gangster from ecuador to come through and win a ufc title big fight big it is a, don't get me wrong it's a big fight i'm gonna always say this yeah but it's the wrong fight <laughs> i don't feel like the hype for that fight is what it was made out that it was gonna be do you know what i mean like mm. I felt like when Sean Sean knew like if he beat you he was calling out Cheeto and he thought that was the biggest possible fight in the division, and like maybe it is, but like I still don't feel like it's that big. Like I just don't think it's gonna be that exciting. I mean we gotta let the fans decide with their dollars at the end of the day, right? So, like I, I mean, said, I think... we saw the main event with myself and him, and for him to fight for a world title, you would think. That would be an extremely crazy pay-per-view card because he's fighting for a world title for the first time. So it's like, yo, we got to tune in to watch this guy. He's amazing. Oh, my God. Look at this guy. He's fucking cool. But then you realize a lot of those kids, well, a lot of those yeah, people like, are kids. The, the guys who like <laughs> O'Malley are the same guys who like Neon and Aiden Ross. It's like that group, I feel like. Like Neon, who you just did the... It's like a group of kids who watch streamers, yeah. you know? Like, that's why they had Aiden Ross interview you guys for your fight. Because it's like, that's the market they're playing into. But those people don't buy pay-per-views. And it's cool. Like, I get it. Like, eventually they will get older. So that's the investment that you make today. Yeah. Hopefully, O'Malley does what he's supposed to do. That, or should I say, that they think that he will do. Because when he runs into Marab, or Cheeto runs into Marab, I'm telling you. I'm telling you guys. Yeah. I'm not trying to be a, a meat rider. I just know what I know from the gym and the training and training with multiple people around the world. Marab is a different animal. And I know a lot of people are saying, like, ah, uh, bro, like, I support my people who deserve to be supported. Like, I support people, and I tell you straight up, like, ah, uh, you know, they're good. But the people I'm super high on, I, I let people know, like, yo, I'm high on him for a reason. Well, yeah. I mean, you guys literally kind of forged each other. Yeah. So... It's a very interesting fight. Like I said, it's the it's a fun fight. 
no matter what with the rematch, but it's not the correct fight for the Bantamweight division. But, you know, let Mamali get an opportunity to redeem himself, kind of like Bisping did against Michael, against Dan Henderson when he fought him. Dan Henderson yeah. knocked him out, and he had an opportunity to redeem himself. And there was an infamous line where um, Henderson said, I don't want to say infamous, but there was a popular line after he won, and they did the interview for both fighters. Dan Henderson said, I wish they judged fights based on how you look because Bisping was wearing it way worse mm. than Dan Henderson. But Bisping won the fight. For for Cheeto and Sean, how do you think it's going to go? Like, How do you think the fight's going to look? I, I think Cheeto's going to try to walk forward, keep his high guard, defend against some of the kicks. I think O'Malley's going to try to come out hot. Pepper him where he could pepper him. And it's just he's got to remember that it's a long 25 minutes against a guy who's very durable. O'Malley can put you out if you walk into his punches and amplify the impact. Mm -hmm. I just don't see Cheeto really doing that. He's not really that type of guy. I've never seen him do that one time, get outside of himself, where he's overly aggressive, where I've shown that in past fights. Mm -hmm. Marab has shown that in past fights. Mm -hmm. Um not every fighter fights that way, and I hope that's not the game plan of, of O'Malley trying to think that he's going to be overly aggressive. I think he's got to be smart. He's got to pick his shots. I think he's the more skilled fighter, but I think Cheeto O'Malley. has yeah. – I think O'Malley's the more skilled fighter. And I've said this from a while ago, but I think overall, I think Cheeto's had the tougher tests in general. Like, you, you could say he had the best test, O'Malley, in fighting myself. But really, was that the best version of me? And I, I'm just trying to give people not, oh, you're still so, bro, I don't give a yeah, flying like, fu- I really do not give two shits. I don't care. Like, it, the, the amount of no shits that I give, it's, it's, oh, you're saying it, so it must mean you really care. Dude, I'm trying to give you guys the inside scoop. If you showed them the the pay stub from last year, they they would realize you don't care. I really don't care. <laughs> yeah. like the, I did, I had the, a phenomenal income, year with yeah. those two fights. And, again, in hindsight, as I said before, if I knew that pay-per-view with O'Malley was going to be that, I would have just waited. But that's a completely another conversation. But what we're talking about is the skill set. And I think O'Malley fighting the version of me that he fought was not the best version of me. And I know the best version of me, and I felt like that was a... That was an emotionally driven, emotionally charged, a guy who just wanted to go on vacation. I'm like, dude... You have to factor that in, but you also have to factor in that even though O'Malley had his issues as well, because we're human, we have issues, I think O'Malley did a great job of staying patient and waiting for his opportunity, and when he gets the opportunity, he capitalizes, Yeah. and that's what Cheeto has to be careful of. So again, giving O'Malley his flowers, because I know there's people out there going to be like, oh, he's, guys, he's only still, t-. I don't give a shit. I'm going to fight Calvin Cater. That's my main concern. I'm just giving you the goods. So when I say and I'm comparing the resume, I'm like, yeah, O'Malley had a great run in his last two fights, but Cheeto's fought the tougher competition of guys who are hungry and really, really wanted to be there at that time versus O'Malley fighting a guy who's kind of coerced into being there for that fight in August. And I gave the best version of me that I could give, given yeah. the circumstances. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. I feel like... The only like the I'm kind of actually worried about it potentially being not an exciting fight at all, bro. I, if I'm Cheeto, I'm I'm fighting him the same way I fought in the first round. 
Don't make it exciting. Because that's how you got to fight Sean. Cheeto's a guy who sits there, and he's very, very, very patient. And Sean is a guy who literally has made his millions off being a counterfighter. Yes. So when there's a guy who's very patient and there's a guy who's a counterfighter, a lot of times we don't see much action. It's like when Francis fought Derek Lewis. I don't think it's going to be that boring. <laughs> that was bad. That was terrible. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that boring, but I could totally see so bad. it being a very slow start and no one getting knocked out and it being a boring decision. I can see that too. And that's why I say hindsight's twenty twenty. but I really wish I made that fight that way. The way the first round was going, I was like, man, I should have just stayed focused and it's so hard to do that when you got so much things on your mind literally in the first round like after the end in between rounds I'm talking to the coaches and I asked them I said who do you think won that round and I think Ray I remember Ray saying like I don't know it was close but I you know I think you got it at the end kind of a thing and that's kind of how I was feeling so I was like okay I was like let me gas pedal it a little bit and try to not even a little bit a lot and let me see if I could get him out of here I'm like yo I'm dude I'm just I'm just so over this yeah, there was no, there's, there was no desire to actually be in there. Like it was, it was cool for like the build up and everything, but actually being in there and wanting to be in the cage at that moment, I'm telling you, man. Like if I could get full disclosure, I'm like again, he beat me fair and square, but was that the right? Was that the best version of myself? Personally, definitely not. I don't think so. But I, like, I mean, I, I feel like even right now like, sparring, I'm, I feel like. This is night and day me sparring Whoa. right now compared to that. Bro, because you you're sparring the same guys now that you sparred for O'Malley. Some of except, them, for, some except, of them. For, except for Javid, yeah. Yeah, some of them. Like, some of them, there's some overlap between these two camps. But, like, your performance in, like, recently with the sparring versus your performance in... There was, there was sparring sessions for the O'Malley camp where I was like, I've never seen Aljo look this bad. No offense. Like, nah, no, like, no, I'm taking. Like, yeah, I know like, what it is already. You know, like, like, I saw you get submitted a couple of times in one day. And I was like, and I was like, what? I've never seen you get submitted once in my entire life, except for when Cub Swanson hit that crazy one on you. Yeah, that was for the Henry that camp. Was, that was nuts. But that, <laughs> other than that, I've literally never seen this guy get submitted. God and damn then, you, Cub! And then in round two, I saw you get submitted twice in a sparring day, and I was just like, all right. Was it this twice? Was it twice? I know it was at least once. But was it twice? Yeah. Damn. It was twice. And I was like, <sighs> I've never seen this shit in my life. Like the whole time I've been working for this guy. So like clearly yeah. you were tired, and like and then you ended up taking like four days off training. Yeah, I needed it because I, I again like even like trying to jump back in there after my shins and everything was so beat up, trying to train. And again, I'm, I I just want to make sure the focus is that guys, this was just me trying to train and oblige to the fan base, oblige because everyone says, oh, if you want to be. Whatever, whatever, you got to be active. You didn't really get hurt with Henry. I'm like, bro, my body is tore up. The amount of weight I got to cut, it takes a toll That's on my body. The, bro, people don't realize that either, man. 35 pounds? This, how, how far are you out? Five weeks? Six weeks? Six right weeks from today. What do you weigh today? This morning I was 67 and a half. Okay. And I'm not six focusing on out? trying to get small and fasting before workouts. Six weeks out from a, a Bantamweight fight, you are not this heavy. No. And I like, couldn't be. I couldn't be. Otherwise, I wouldn't energy. make weight. The, I wouldn't make the weight. You're low sixties, if not high fifties. At least sixty-two. Waking up sixty-two, somewhere around sixty. That's like six weeks out, which is like okay, we're in a target area. That we're almost there. Yeah, and then it's like, <laughs> but the <laughs> difference crazy. in like, when you have more body fat, you heal faster. Yes. You know, like you have, your hormones work better. Everything's working better. Like, when you're cutting that weight back to back to back to back to back. 
fighting the toughest guys in the history of the division back to back to back, it's like you're not going to be fully healed three months after you fought Henry. Yeah. Usually a little bit more time is ideal. And I only asked for an extra month because I was like, all right, if you give me at least an extra month, I know I could at least give my legs some time to heal so that I could go through a proper training camp and then try and instead of trying to modify my training camp, okay, we're only going to do punches as if that's my style. Like, no, I need to tighten up my style. That's, But again, O'Malley did a good job. Now, going back to Cheeto, I think if Cheeto could be as durable as he's normally shown, comes back in that in the later rounds, I think that's where it could be problematic. Because I think O'Malley cuts a lot of weight also because he's so skinny. He might not cut as much weight he's pound big. for pound, but because he's so tall, he's also very lean. And because of that, he still has a difficult time cutting the weight because he yeah. doesn't have a lot of fat There's to lose. There's not much to lose, yeah. Yeah. So I think he feels it just as much. And I think that's why, even in our fight, I was like, bro, I know you struggle just as much as I do. I might cut a lot more because I'm more muscle-bound. But I know you're hurting inside also. And if I can take you to the later rounds, it's going to be a heart-to-heart -heart and see who's going to be able to out-tough who mentally. And that's what I was supposed to do originally. So now here's Cheeto who seems like he doesn't cut as much from what he's been saying and what I've seen and what I've talked to him about in the past. I do wonder if that's going to be the difference in this. In the later rounds, will O'Malley start to taper off? And that's where Cheeto gets to going with the goods. Because early on, O'Malley's, yo, O'Malley's dangerous. He's good. Very, the knees, yeah. the footwork, the lateral footwork. Try catching a chicken that's moving all over the place. That's O'Malley. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to take him down? Good and luck. The second you get within his radius, he snipes you. Yeah. You know? So, and even if even if he doesn't snipe you, you got to be cognizant of that, that that's what he's looking for. Yeah. And we knew that going in. It's just you have to be sharp and dialed in where you don't make those mistakes mentally, even if it's something else that you're thinking about. You just got to be dialed in. So How how tall is Cheeto, I wonder? Cheeto is 5'8". So, he's, he, he's you're, a little you're, taller than me. I'm 5'7". He's, he's another big boy in the weight class. Nah, he cuts only like twenty pounds. But still, he's, he's super five lean. eight is pretty tall. I'm five seven. Yeah, you're tall. I don't think I'm that tall. For bantamweight. For bantamweight, maybe. For bantamweight, you're one of the bigger guys. Well, we saw well, that guy who fought you today. Are the biggest guy. Who's five nine? Well, yeah. He's I'm, a, the, I'm probably and Sean's one of the five, biggest. Ten or five eleven? I'm pretty sure. I I think he's five ten, maybe five eleven. But I think he's five. Close I've to five walked 10. right next to him before, and I'm five ten, and I felt like he was. Tinier than me, like yeah, he's I felt about, like I was looking down at him. He's definitely about five ten. Uh, yeah, but anyway, I, I, I think it's gonna be a good fight. I like I said, it has nothing to do with like I said before. It's the wrong fight, but I still think it's a fun fight for the fans in the sense of the bandwagoners that want to say, "Oh, it was a fluke." Well, now we get an opportunity to see years later. Of course, it's not the same fight. Even if O'Malley wins, mm -hmm. if he goes on the mic and says, "Oh my god," and says. This is the way the fight should have went. The first. I'm like, oh, brother, this is years later. You have gotten better since then. If any but one of us had put you back. Because that's his it's only so loss. so stupid, That's though. his loss. And then if he wins, he's he's going to go on like he erased the loss. Yeah, yeah I should have never. Brother, yeah, it might have been a freak accident. But again, it's a you fight. weren't as good as you were now. No. You literally took 10 months off I think they both, before you fought me. They've definitely both improved, though. Of course. But again... Yeah, you took 10 months off to just skill... To just get skill-driven yeah. and, and yeah. really work on some stuff yeah. the whole time. If you squandered that time, bro, I don't even know what to tell you. 
If you don't get better in that time, I don't even know what to tell you. So, what do you think of O'Malley? While, because while we're talking about O'Malley, what do you think of him fighting the number six guy who just got smoked by a guy, Corey Sanhagen, who's ranked higher than him, trying to fight Ilya next if he beats Cheeto? What do you think about that? He beats the number six guy and then calls out Ilya. It's just... Again, this is about the popularity contest. It's about the fights that the fans want to see. So I, I get all that aspect of it, but it, it sucks for the guys who have been busting their ass trying to get to a title shot situation. And Marab is next. You can't deny Marab. So if O'Malley wants to try to do that, he's got another Georgian he's got to worry about, then he needs to make sure that Marab has an interim title. Not O'Malley, of course. The UFC needs to make sure that happens. But if he fights Ilya, I still think that's a really good fight competitively. Because if you look at the Volk fight versus Ilya Taporia, Taporia had a, some difficulty tracking down Volkanovski when Volkanovski was on his bike and picking him apart, picking his shots. The moment Ilya was able to capitalize, and even though he was throwing big shots in that first round and they were close, it got closer and closed the show. In that second round, when Volk decided to sit against the cage and fire back an uppercut. And as you see him loading up the punch, whether it was going to be an overhand or but yeah. he was loading up the right hand, that right hand of Ilya came over, cracked his chin, left hook flew over his head as he just crumbled and went down to the ground. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the difference. So I think O'Malley would actually do really, really well with Taporia, who doesn't kick much, shorter in height, much shorter reach. That's actually crazy. And I'm, again, I'm not saying this as a hater or anything. I'm just giving. I only try to give the facts, people. No, you're definitely not being a hater. Because if you were gonna be a hater, you would be hating on Sean. Yeah, yeah. and I think Ilya is very, very talented. But we've seen that the only time people have had he's had any type of difficulty or have had any type of success success against him has been the guys with really good footwork. Yeah, and it's hard to track down. Yusuf Zalal, they went to a decision. And then Volkanovski, obviously the first round. The second round, we've seen how that went. You stand and you playing with Ilya. You try to trade punches with him. Not a good night. No. Not a good decision to make. <laughs> Don't trade with Ilya Taporia, people. And that's why I think that's an interesting fight. Because if, if O'Malley doesn't get tired, the same way with the Cheeto fight. If he doesn't get tired, I think he beats a lot of guys. But it's how long can he do that in a 25-minute fight? So... Because when, when O'Malley said he wanted Ilya next if he beats Cheeto, the whole fan base, it seemed, like kind of went against him and said, no, you got to fight Mirab. Yeah. And then he changed his tune and was like, fine, I'll fight Mirab. I'll knock Mirab out in one. How do you think the matchup is if he fights Mirab? Because Mirab's <laughs> fighting next for the title. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> I, I still think it comes down to O'Malley getting slowing down. Again, he's super skilled. Is he a better striker than Mirab? Probably on paper, I think Marab is good at his style and what he does. Mm -hmm. But I think O'Malley is good at his style and what he does. If you give O'Malley what he wants, which is you be overly aggressive and you don't use your feints, you don't set anything up, and you just come straight at him, I think uh, he has a pretty good time of uh, stepping back and finding his counters. But if you set everything up correctly, even like the Pedro Munoz fight, guys, just look at the Pedro Munoz fight and see how Pedro fought him so patient and how that fight was trending. 
The guy poked him in his eyes and did the Edward uh, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, took his eyeballs out. Yeah. And then was almost like trying to sell it like he was faking. I'm like, brother, come on, man. Don't do that. That's like one of the most dishonorable things. You can't commit a foul and then try to say the person was faking in a fight that was neck to neck. Like, how? Like, you lost the first round, won. And then you're trying to make it seem like the other guy was, like, bitching out. That's that's not cool. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it is what it is, man. I, I, I think Marab has a very good style for anyone in that Bantamweight division. I think it all comes down to... His pressure, we all seen the most time that he's had any type of trouble was in the first round. Oh, Marlon Marais against a big puncher. Henry Cejudo, who's, I don't want to say a big puncher, but he's pretty accurate. You have a Malin who's a lot longer, so Marab has to be careful with that. But I think if it gets outside of the first round, I think Marab has his way with him. I think the pressure yeah. just ultimately drowns him. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much tires out anybody who doesn't yeah. knock him out in the first round. I mean, who has anyone knocked out no. Marab? Yeah. It's so hard to, cause he's yeah. He just doesn't go down. He doesn't. So, anyway, I think that's enough about O'Malley. Yeah, it's gonna be a good fight, man. I'm I'm very interested to see how O'Malley does in his first title defense, and then see who's Morab's gonna get the fight next. Um, Morab's gonna be there in, in Miami. I wish I could be there, but if he does get to step in as a backup fighter, my, I'm on the first flight out, my boy. I'm on the first flight out, my boy. Not gonna miss that, brother. Do you have an official prediction? For which one? For the main event? For um, for O'Malley and Cheeto. <sighs> if I say I'm going for Cheeto, you're a hater. If I pick O'Malley, I'm not saying who'd you. No, root no, I know, I, I know. I'm not, I'm not rooting for anybody. Yeah, I really don't give a shit a who fuck. wins. Yeah, either way, it's just smoking. I know that. this is how people are gonna perceive it. Oh, you're being salty. I'm like, no, I think O'Malley's the more skilled fighter, hundred percent. But I just think there's the intangibles, like someone's durability, their heart. And the cardio aspect that people are, I think they're overlooking. And I feel like Cheeto has that. The only thing I'm concerned about is I heard that, I'm hearing through the grapevines that he didn't really have a great camp or a lot of guys to train with. Cheeto. With Cheeto, yeah. So, oh, wow. Um, I don't know how true that is. So, with that said, I'm leaning news. towards O'Malley to get it done. I'm going to say, I don't think he finishes it by decision. Maybe split decision? I'm saying split decision. On a scale of 1 to 10. O'Malley. 10 being exciting-ass fight, all-time legendary fight. Zero, 1 being Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis. How exciting do you think the fight's going to be? I'm saying this is Francis Ngannou, Derek Lewis, or Rose Namajunas, Carlo Esposa. Really? Two. <laughs> so you're saying it's going to be boring? I think if you're Cheeto, you fight this motherfucker boring, bro. You can't fight him aggressive and try to be exciting because he's too good at what he does. And if I'm Cheeto, brother, I'm giving you the goods. I don't know if you have your coaches breaking this shit down, but I'm telling you straight up, watch the Pedro fight, watch the Jan fight, look at the only times that O'Malley was able to capitalize on strikes. And it's when the guy gets over-aggressive or pushes forward. Like, yeah, you might catch him against the cage. Only time you should catch him is when you push him against the cage. If you could slowly chip away... But in space, that's where he does his best work. So you got to be careful of that those type of things. And he does a good job floating on his feet and looking for those counters. And even when he does those those little flick jabs and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think if Cheeto can't adjust to that, I think O'Malley wins. And if Cheeto is able to be smart and be patient, I think he could win a boring fight. But I just don't know if he's going to be that patient enough. And I'm um, leaning towards O'Malley by, I think, split decision. 
Okay. Next fight is Dustin Poirier versus Benoit Saint Denis. Benoit Saint Denis. This is a great freaking fight, man. He's only twenty eight years old. I didn't even realize that. Bro, he's on a five fight win streak. One, two, three, four, five. And he finished everybody. Rear naked choke. Right hook to ground and pound strikes. Rear naked choke, ground and pound, head kick. One, two, three, four. So, I feel like there's guys like this, like, every year. And then they either, like, they fight a guy like Dustin, who's, like, a solid guy up in the rankings. And they either, like, show who they are (laughs) or they show who they're not. (laughs) That's one way to look at it. Like... Poirier's 35. It would be so sick if Dustin won this fight. Like, for his legacy. It would be. To come off, like, that loss he came off of and then the win bounce back, yeah, against a guy back. like that who's, like, it's almost like Ilya versus uh, Volk. It's just not for the title. But you've got, like, a legendary 55er who's been top five forever coming off a knockout loss by head kick. And then you've got this like killer coming up. Yeah, I mean, I I think this is a tough one to really say because who knows where Dustin is at in his head. Um, the one thing I will say though is Saint Denis has the momentum, and I think there's something to be said about that. With that said, he's got so many finishes in a row. You know, Dustin's my guy, um, but it's hard to deny an up-and-coming like this wh- who's got some, like, he's got some cojones, man. The guy leaves his head on the center line. Like, I felt like Favola was fighting a great fight until he made one mistake of just leaving his hands down while exiting. So it makes me wonder how good is St. Denis really? I think that's, that's my thing. Like, he looks amazing. But well, like, his finishes, the finishes the are, finishes are, are dope. Are, yeah. He's got great finishes. And highlights. he's, like, scary, and he's like looks like a savage, and, like, he looks the part, you know? Like, he he's, like, a perfect caricature of a scary fighter. But, like, he hasn't, I mean, he hasn't fought a top-five guy like Dustin Poirier. No. And it's kind of crazy that he went from, he's going from Favola, who was ranked 14th of the 15th at the time. To, like, five. To five. <laughs> I mean, good for him. That's a huge jump. But this that's because this fight is sick. But it also reminds me of Fazeev. Versus Justin Gaethje. Yes. Yes. Will the veteran turn back the young buck? I don't know. Um, I feel like he I could. think Dustin gets it done, man. Really? I think Dustin gets it done. Oh, man. Yo. That's your Gaethje, prediction? Gaethje even said, like, I don't even throw that head kick. I just threw it and it just happened to land. That was a crit. But, yo, how's That's his nuts. chin after that? That's a very interesting thing. Very interesting I thing. mean. And St. Denis kicks a lot. And he's a southpaw. Is Dustin's it, also a southpaw. Is it like, because if you get kicked up here, does that, is it like when, like, does that weaken your chin the same way if you get kicked here? I think any head trauma is. Is it all like the same thing? <laughs> I think any head kick is bad to your head. I agree. I don't think there's a difference in where it actually lands. I think your head is getting, your brain 
is getting smashed up in there. All that white matter, gray matter is getting up. The that's crazy. Uh, the last time I think the be- when when Poirier got knocked out, it was like September, right? Or August? No, uh, July. I think it was July. Mm. So it's been a minute. I mean, he has definitely had some time off. It's been like eight or nine. The Gagey fight was in July. Yeah. So it's but been eight or nine. You never know like what guys are doing in the off time. Are you actually relaxing and not getting punched in the head, not sparring? Are you helping your other guys out, giving them rounds? Does he have other guys to help? I mean, turns at ATT, turns in Louisiana. He's got some guys that trains with him and stuff like that. So who did, who did he post that he was training with? Either way, this is a tough fight, man. Um, Saint Denis is a dog. He's a finisher. We know that. And he's willing to put his. He leaves his head on the center line. That's the one thing I think. Dent, I think Poirier can capitalize on that because he's yeah. not very de- defensively sound as he should be. When he fought Tiago Moises, I felt like he got hit with some shots that I'm, I, I was questioning. Like, bro, why are you even getting hit with that? You don't need to get hit with that. Who? Who? Remember when we were watching? It was Rob Font versus Yanez. Yes. We rewatched Yanez's fight together. Yes. And you, we could see like, oh, he's like hittable. Yes. But then, like Rob Font's a guy who like can knock people out. I don't. I feel like Dustin. Like, does he is he known for like really knocking people out? I mean, he has he TKOs, has. submissions. He's he's could do it all. But like, I don't. I don't. Know, I guess we'll have to see how good Saint Denis Chin is. Yeah. I mean, Moises touched him. I can see Dustin doing the same. And yo, Poirier looked so good against Gaethje in that rematch until he didn't. I mean, it was just, yeah, the one kick. He was literally outboxing him, landing the better shots. I think he even rocked him at a point. And then Gaethje catches him with a crazy head kick out of nowhere. It'll be interesting. I think if Poirier's chin is not affected too badly, I think he definitely could win. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm taking the I'm taking the vet, bro. I'm taking Poirier. I think he's boxing. I think he's got a, a nasty left cross. And I think he does a good job of, we call it the hillbilly shell. I definitely think he's the better fighter. We got the hillbilly shell like this. Like the, overall. Hit, hit him with the Nate Quarry. If you guys are old school fans like myself, then you know the Nate Quarry thing when he's doing like this. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you Before your time. That's way before my time. Um, Should we move on? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to do all the fights on the main card? Uh, I mean, we don't have to, but I mean, this interesting one is obviously Kevin Holland versus Michael Venom Page. So this is all you because I've never seen Michael Venom Page fight. I don't know what he's doing right now. <laughs> I have no idea what is going Michael on. Michael Venom Page, you've never seen. He came from Bellator, right? He bites I, you, bro. I'm, I don't really like the noise you're making. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being I'm perfectly bada. honest. I'm bada. I'm bada. I'm bada. I'm bada. I'm bada. I'm bada. That's what he does, bro. But I'm, he's a sniper. He's a Taekwondo guy. Oh, I like him. He's winning. And he fights guys, with his hands you down. You guys know who Taekwondo guy he is, like right? this. His hands are down, and he just comes up. Wait, can you tell them? Who Taekwondo guy is? Taekwondo guy is a myth. He's a man that 
once upon a time trained in Taekwondo. Oh. And upon that time, while he was training thus Taekwondo. Wait, wait, wait. He was a yellow belt, right? Some would say, legends have it, <laughs> that he was a yellow belt. What the fuck? <laughs> and from there, he once took on a steep, steep, very steep challenge. A long, lanky motherfucker. A long, lanky dude. Some might say. And that long, lanky dude ended his life Yo. and his career. Oh. And his tasks. <laughs> with a spinning back nut kick. <laughs> and now, where's Taekwondo guy? And now Taekwondo guy is right here. Oh! <laughs> Aljo saved his life. <laughs> the resurgence. Oh! So, All right, anyway. So Michael Venom Page. <laughs> Back to Michael Venom Page. He's good, man. I think he's got great footwork. He's hard to hit, super elusive. Kevin Holland, sometimes he plays the game. He tries to be super entertaining, you know, talking. They call him AK Big Mouth. Fun to watch, but I think sometimes the fight IQ or trying to differentiate between entertaining too much versus I need to get the W because if I win and I entertain just a little bit, it's good enough for me to still progress in the division. But again, it all depends on what your goals are. If you just want to have fun fights, great. I'm not knocking any of that. And that's the thing. So I mean, he's getting the bag. Yes, he is getting paid because of how pretty entertaining handsome. his fights are. And stepping up on short notice against Hamza Chemaev definitely warrants a bag. So definitely. With that being said, will he use his wrestling? Unlike he, unlike the way he did against the the Wonder Boy fight where he took him down and just let him up, I'm just like your brother. Like for me, like Wonder Boy's my guy, but you're gonna take down a kickboxing specialist and let him go so he could get back to doing what he does best. Yeah, absolutely nuts. Not and good. now he got MVP. And Holland posted a picture, a, a video on IG. I thought it was great. It's like, this is how fans expect the fight to go with me and MVP. He put MVP as a guy who's hitting the other guy the entire time. And Holland, obviously, would be the other guy who's trying to swing at him. He keeps missing. And the MVP keeps dancing and doing all kinds of <laughs> weird stuff and then sniping him. I'm like, damn, dog. So Is that how you think it's going to go? Uh, I mean, if, if Holland decides to fight him on the feet, I think MVP is the better striker. They're both super long with their reach. I don't know who has a longer reach. So it's a very interesting fight. You don't know um, who's longer? Nah, I never I never try to ask what? guys about who's longer or not. It's kind of weird, you know. It's a little weird. Longer in the sense of length? Yes. Yeah. It's a little weird. Like it's a little a little weird. So, I don't know who's going to win this. If Kevin Holland wrestles, it's honestly great matchmaking. I I think Kevin Holland should win. But if he doesn't wrestle, or mix it up and just leaves it completely striking and says, I'm going to high-five you and we're going to do all this karate shit. I think MVP is a little bit cleaner, especially with the taekwondo kicks that he can do and the spinning stuff and the way he slides. He's super elusive. In and um, out. In and out. and uh, Covers distance. Covers distance. He's in and out all the time. And he Long. plunges in there when he needs to plunge in. Makes an explosion. And makes the excitement at the end. <laughs> Wow, fighting is weird. <laughs> Yo. Fighting is weird, bro. Do you wanna do you wanna do the Gilbert Burns fight or just go to Yan and Yadong? I mean I mean, short on Gilbert Burns, I think it's gonna be a great fight. Um Yeah, I mean I mean I think if Burns Russ fights him the way he did Neil Magny, just take him down. 
We saw how Madalena kind of struggled with Hafiz on a short notice mm -hmm. against a guy who's also a strong grappler. I think Gilbert Burns wants to just quickly get a dub. Let's take his ass down. But if he boxes with him, Madalena's got some hands and some mitts. And he can crack. I mean, he knocked out Randy Brown, which I could never have predicted that he was going to knock out Randy Brown. Did you see Gilbert Burns? He, like, was talking about Bilal and their fight and how, okay. like, Bilal didn't get it. He was like, Bilal, you didn't get a title shot because you're coming off a win against me with one arm and I took you the distance with one arm. You couldn't get me out of there. Like, that's why they gave three other guys the shot before you. Did you see that? No. But I get it. Yeah, it was sucks. It's pretty shitty. Think about that. It's pretty shitty. <laughs> pretty shitty for Bilal. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've been in that position before until everyone kind of got eliminated, and I was the last guy standing. Like, hello. But he—it's kind of true, though. Hello, UFC he, hate. Hello. He did beat him. And he went. He took it to decision against a guy with one arm. Yeah, but then in those same mofos talking shit, I'm not will talking say, shit. TJ Dillashaw, you took two rounds to beat him. I'm just like. God, God damn. What, what am I supposed to do? So am I supposed like, to finish him in 30 seconds? Him, you're fucked. But if you do finish him, you're fucked. It's weird. Oh, you finish a guy with one arm. Ah, it doesn't count. Oh, you could have finished a guy with one arm. Ah, it doesn't count. That's I'm, why you're not getting the shot. Bro, it's weird. Peef, the fans are weird. How do you think the I love fight... I fans. How do you think the fight's going to go with Song Yudong and Peter Yan? Man, I don't know what... Peter Yan on a four-fight losing streak, might I add. Is it four? I thought it was three. He lost to you by DQ. Lost to you by decision. Ooh. Lost to... Well, he, no, he beats Corey Sanhagen in there. So, three. Me, O'Malley, He's Marab. in. He's lost four of his last five fights. Yes. Corey's a pretty good win, though. Very good. Aged beautifully. It did. But, yeah, how do you think... Do you think Yan... I feel like Yan's the better fighter. I think skill for skill, Yan is the better fighter, but I think oh. Song Yudong is a heavy-hitting guy who sits on his shots. I think if Yan could come out here and mix up his kicks the way he's done before, he comes out with a nice the high guard and he goes with like a slapping or he'll throw the, the three, which is the, the left hook, and he'll come with a nice body kick or he'll even come to up top with to the head. I think if he mixes it in like that, he could really confuse Yan. But early on in that first round is where it's going to be the most interesting to see who's going to land that big shot first. I feel like Jan bounces back and gets on track with this one. Yeah. I could be completely freaking wrong, obviously. But I think, I just think Jan might want, might have a chip on his shoulder and wants to prove that he's still as good as people once said he was. And if he does, I think the hype train starts all over again if he could beat a guy like Song Yudong, who's a dog. Depending on how he beats him, yeah. If I mean, Song Yudong, the way he beat Ricky Simone, nah, dog, that was wild. That I was wild. I could also see it being like, and Chris Gutierrez is kind of over the whole UFC thing. <clears throat> and he probably just wants to get out. And, and just go. wants to go and like fight in Russia and get paid a lot of money by oil sheets. True, but will he do that coming off of a loss again? That's yeah, four he's in a big row. over there. But if he loses four in a row, that mystique is now. If he can exit his contract, which I don't know if this is the last fight on his contract or not, guys. But if he can beat Song Yudong on his exit out, that guy's getting paid. It it's, almost like erases yeah. a lot of the losses, um, except for the one with Marab, because that was very, very 
decisive. Yeah. So good luck trying to erase that. But you can say the one with myself, O'Malley. He kind of almost is like forgiven. But he can still say, I'm still one of the top dogs. he beat O'Malley, if we're being honest. He beat O'Malley. It was a very close competitive fight. I I don't disagree entirely. I think it was a pretty close fight. But yeah. paper says O'Malley won. And then, like, losing to you, the Bantamweight GOAT. It's so, not, a, not a crazy L. And then losing to the next former champion in Marab. That's a killer's row. Can you imagine fighting all those guys? Trying to get your, like, your juice back against those three guys? It's nuts. Yeah. And then I wish he got to fight Sanhagen on a full camp to see how that fight would have actually played out the first time if it wasn't short notice. But it is what it is. Sanhagen, who can wrestle now. Mm-hmm. Um, all interesting stuff. But, yeah, again, I don't know who's going to win this, I, but I'm leaning towards Piotrion. Where does that leave Yadong if he loses? Because then it's like two guys. In the mix, he just got to go back to fighting contenders and hopefully string together another two or three, and then he'll be back in that position to fight for a belt again. It's a brutal game. It is. One loss sets you back so much. If you beat Yan, it's like you're in the top five, damn near. Yeah. Or like top six. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, these rest of these fights are pretty good, though. We got Curtis Blaze taking on Jolton Almeida. Caitlin Salmonera, name has changed now. No more Chukagian taking on Macy Barber. Great fight. Mateus Gamrot taking on RDA. Really good fight. Mateus Gamrot training down with Dustin Poirier. I've seen that. That's who he was training with. Okay, yeah, that yeah. was pretty damn cool to see. Yeah. Because actually, St. Denis is supposed to be a really good jiu-jitsu guy. Okay. So if Gamrot wins, that's going to be interesting because if Poirier also wins, that puts him in a weird spot where you guys just train like almost an entire training camp, and now you guys might actually have to fight each other if you guys both come up with the W. But that's a time, that's a battle for another day if it gets to that. They both got to do their job. That won't be a problem because Dustin's going to beat St. Denise. But Gamrot has to beat RDA, which I think he should. I think he will. Then you got Pedro Munoz taking on Kyla Phillips, one of – uh, Sean O'Malley's teammates at Bantamweight. Michelle Pereira taking on Michael Ojeleshuk. Um, Iwan Kutalaba taking on Felipe Lins. I don't know how to say this guy's name, but Robelis. Oh, this is the 4 0 kickboxer guy, heavyweight. Wait, huh? Taking on Josh Parazian, the guy who's been knocking everyone out in like 10 or 20 seconds. He's only 4 0. Wait, huh? He's 6 7, bro. 35 years old. 6 7. What's with these kickbox? Is he Brazilian? Four second knockout, three second knockout. What? Twelve second knockout. Wait. And then one knockout, four minutes and fifty four seconds into round one. That was his debut. Wait, Everybody else in the UFC? No, no, no. This is four and no. He's just making his debut in the UFC. In the UFC, as a thirty five. Rebellas Despun. So I don't even know where he's from. Oh. Yeah, find out where he's from. Uh, it looks like a Cuban flag. It says Florida. Ain't no way. I don't know what flag that is. The big boy, Rebellus de Spain. Oh, Cuba. Yep, Cuba. Oh, so he's like a Yoro Romero mm-hmm. type of dude. And you got Jojo Calderwood. Well, Jojo Wood taking on Marina Moreau, CJ Vergara, Ali Marbaev, 18-0 from Kazakhstan. Yo, this is a good card, man. A lot of fun fights. A lot of fun freaking fights. Yeah. I'm interested to see how these cars go. I wish I could go, but I got to train. I'm in the trenches right now, so I got to make sure I'm getting three a days dialed in. Yeah, I haven't done three a days like this. You've done like three three a days this week. Mm, I did Monday. Two at least, but at least two. 
Yeah, but you um, did the one day with the two workout, like one workout, then you worked out with Jamal, then you did a workout later in the day. Yeah, you did it one more time. And then Ali's class that was uh, Monday. I did a lift. That was with the hill, and that was Ali's class later on that yeah. day. That was rough. Um, yeah, p- pretty good, man. We're, I think we're rocking and rolling. We're dialed in. I think getting in some of the work with like some of these guys giving us some really good looks. I think we're in a really good spot. So I, I'm excited to see how I look at 45. I was having some dreams, having some nightmares last night. It was pretty effed up the way I was visualizing this. And it was like me losing. And then I was trying to visualize ways of me winning and how I could kind of like correct that. And I was going back to sleep like, nah, we're going to fix this. You know, and it's always been like that. But that just goes to show you the mental stress that gets put on us. I don't know if any of these other guys can attest to that, but that's how I feel. Always felt trying to balance out the emotional roller coaster of, of fights and stuff like that. Do you have dreams about fights a lot when you're in fight All camp? All the time. And it's really only when I'm in fight camp. The last time that I had like a mental break was when I had the surgery on my neck. I had the surgery on my wrist. And even then, I was still thinking about, okay, when I get back, I'm going to have to fight these guys. This guy, this guy's winning right now. And then when I had the vacation from the O'Malley fight, that was like the most mentally relieving period that I've had. Where I was like, I don't have to think about anything regarding fighting because I don't give a shit. If I stop tomorrow, I am a happy man. Really? So now that I'm back in it, back in the thick of it, back in the thick of it. It's super different in how my mentality has changed and um, how it's keeping me up at night. And this just goes to show, I think, how much I actually give a shit and how badly I really want to get this done. So mm-hmm. definitely doing the right stuff, I think. And uh, hopefully the work we're putting in is going to be enough to get my hand raised April 13th and go from there. I think you look like a different beast. I feel different. You like the sparring the other day? just solidified it for me i was like yo at 45 i feel like all the things you thought you were losing when you made that weight cut like you were right you know what i mean yeah it's gonna be interesting man because even if i beat cater knock on wood beat cater then i got another beast in Ilya taporia or yair rodriguez or brian ortega like there's still some tough fights out there for me so uh like I'm not, I'm not looking at this like by any means. Like it's gonna be a walk in the park. Like I got my hands full with this division already. Just looking at the landscape. So there's a lot of good stuff, man. And uh, I'm just trying to stay as dialed in as possible. Um, six weeks out, so I'm looking forward to this and seeing how things go and uh, just go from there. Hopefully it's a good night. Get back on track in the octagon and. Uh, Make another run at a title, but this time at 145. I mean, I feel <laughs> strong. <laughs> and by the way, Funk Harbor Rum, guys, right now go to funkharborrum.com. Link in the description. Go check it out. Pre order now. I'm telling you right now, these are going to go quick. And I want to make sure you guys get these bottles before the fight happens at UFC 300. So please Let's go, go into the descriptions. Funk Harbor Rum it is ready. 
Uh, you guys gonna see all the other disclaimers to let you know exactly when to expect the bottles, but it will be here first week of April. So put your orders in now. Go get that. Thank you guys for supporting me, and the wait will be worth it. I promise you, you guys will not be disappointed with this. It is one of the best rums out there. I think, so if not bar none, the best rum out there in the sense of a high-end, high-profile, good mix, Jamaican, Caribbean rum. I'm excited. I don't have it right now, but can't wait for you guys to try it. I've tried it. I'm going to have my own personal bottles. going to be giving out to some of my friends. Um, not friends. Um, well, yeah, friends and family and some other people. Of course, we've got to do some promo stuff and some marketing and things like that. But, guys, um, thank you for the support. Appreciate it. Phoneharborrum.com. Go check it out. Link in the description. Amazing, brother. Amazing, brother. And with that said... I'm going to go get ready to go hang with the boys for the rest of the night. I think uh, this has been a fun week. Thank you guys for tuning in. I can't wait to watch the fights. And if you guys like the merch, go to aljamainsterling.com. All things funk. I'll see you guys soon. And with that said, follow me on Funk Master MMA. Like, subscribe. All social channels. Jake Fine Media. Check him out as well. See you guys next time. Peace.